This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Back to Moore, one-timer, what a save! Mike Smith, his first stop, a superlative one. Connor McDavid, peering inside, dishing, CeCe shoots and scores! one nothing Edmonton in Game 7! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs has won the Hart Trophy as the most valuable player in the National Hockey League. Connor McDavid of your Edmonton Oilers finishing second in the voting. Leon Dreisaitl came in ninth. Matthews also won the Ted Lindsay as the most outstanding player in the league as voted on by members of the Players Association. Other awards announced tonight. Kale McCarr in a close one wins the Norris Trophy over Nashville's Roman Yossi. Just 25 points in the voting. And just for some context here, the, the people who vote, you get to pick five people on your ballot and points are assigned for whatever level you put the player at. So, for for example, Austin Matthews finished with 1,630 points. Connor McDavid finished with 1,111. In the Norris Trophy voting, how about this? A 1,631 for Makar, 1,606 for Yossi. So Makar wins the Norris by 25 points over Yossi. Uh, Yossi actually had more first place votes, 98 to 92, but more points overall for the outstanding defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. So Makar gets the Norris. Igor Shesterkin from the New York Rangers wins the Vesna as the best goalie in the league. And Moritz Sider from the Detroit Red Wings is the uh, Calder Trophy winner as the rookie of the year. The NHL uh, also announcing the all-rookie team, Sider, and uh, Carrier from the Predators are the defensemen. Jeremy Swayman from the Bruins is the goaltender. Bunting from the Leafs. Raymond from the Wings. And Zegras from the uh, Ducks are the uh, forwards on the NHL all-rookie team as they're uh, pumping out the last of the awards tonight. So that's uh, the deal there. Connor McDavid, close but no cigar for another Hart Trophy. Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs gets it. From the uh, Oilers news column today, it is Jay Woodcroft to nobody's surprise. Well, Maybe somebody's surprised. I, I, I'd be surprised if someone is surprised. But anyway, Jay Woodcroft does indeed get extended as the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. The interim tag is removed. It is a three-year deal for Jay Woodcroft, who took over on February 10th after Dave Tippett was tire, uh, fired. The Oilers are going 26-9-3 and in their final 38 regular season games. They were out of the playoffs. They finished second in the Pacific Division. And as you know, make it to the Western Conference Final in the playoffs 
before being swept by the Colorado Avalanche, who have a two games to one series lead in the Stanley Cup final, which will be on 630 Chet in this very time slot tomorrow. We're bringing you the Stanley Cup final. Uh, two games to one, the Avalanche lead. So game four coming up at six tomorrow. So no inside sports tomorrow night. The Edmonton Oil Kings, the third period just faced off in St. John, and it is 3-2 for the Oil Kings, leading Shawinigan. Uh, Shawinigan scored first. Luke Prokop tied it in the last minute of the first period. Tyler Horseman with a great shot right under the crossbar gave the Oil Kings the lead in the second. Oilers draft pick Xavier Borgo tied it for Shawinigan, and then Cole Miller with uh, just less than three minutes to go in the second period gave Edmonton the lead. So 3-2 for the Oil Kings in their Memorial Cup opener and uh, they will also play again tomorrow against the host team. But first of all, taking on Shawinigan tonight. Sebastian Cosa has been excellent in this game. Several big saves at three incredible stops in the first period that could have allowed Shawinigan to have the lead after 20 minutes. But uh, instead, it is a 3-2 lead for the Oil Kings. So, of course, we will keep you updated on that one. I am not going to say spoiler alerts. I know somebody always requests that. Hey, don't say the score without telling me. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's the third period of a big game, so I'm going to keep you updated. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Of course, I'm happy to hear from you on the hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D. W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and you can email the show, inside sports at 630ched.com. The Edmonton Elks next game is coming up on Saturday. They're going to be taking on the Calgary Stampeders. That one's on this very radio station. 3.30 for the countdown to kick off. Earlier start than the first two games for the Elks this year. 3.30 for the countdown to kick off game at 5 as the Elks, who uh, hung in there against the Saskatchewan Rough Ride. Well, more than hung in there. I mean, heck, they had the lead in the fourth quarter, but couldn't close it out. And uh, we'll have more on the Elks with the show hosted by Morley Scott at 7.30 tonight called The Elks This Week. And also very significant news, and we're probably going to hear from him in the next uh, one or two minutes. Ricky Ray is part of the CFL's uh, Canadian, the, pardon me, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame class for uh, 2022. He's going to be formally inducted on the ceremony on September 16th. Elks running back James Wilder Jr. played with Ricky Ray, and he says, yeah, he's one of the all-time best. When I first got in the CFL, I mean, I wanted to take pride into trying to be the first guy in the locker room, but it was just too early. Ricky was just <laughs> Ricky was going to be in there super early with the binder, and he's just the last guy out. I mean, he lives and dies football. I mean, and it shows why he could play at a high level for such long. And then on top of that, man, he doesn't – he's not a rah-rah guy, but when he says things, there's gems. It's gems every time. And um, I've always taken a lot of things that he said and just locked it in. And, of course, it's just enjoy the process, have fun, and don't look at this as a job was the biggest thing he's like come out here and have fun and that was the secret of how he's done it so long you don't look at it as a job you look at it as just like you playing ymca football when you're a kid and you get to just another blessing to come out here and have fun so big salute to ricky ray well absolutely and we have ricky ray on the line here to join us on inside sports ricky you're on with reed how are you doing i'm doing great obviously <laughs> i got some great news and man super excited it's um I just don't know what to say. I mean, I'm looking forward to the ceremony in September and just taking that all in. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. I got the call from Matt Dunnigan a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> just feel so lucky to, to have the, 
the career I had and you know, all the great people along the way, um, you know, they, that I got to share it with. So tell me about that phone call. How does that conversation go, Ricky? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. He called. I missed his call the first time, and then he, he called back a little bit later, and I, I knew something was up. Um, I don't always get a call from Matt, but, uh, you know, we got on the phone, and he kind of did the normal small talk, you know, how you doing, how's the family, and um, and then he, he just broke the news to me, and, um, you know, I thought that was pretty cool to – to get it from another CFL great, um, another, you know, great quarterback and uh, something that I'll always remember. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, an awesome feeling to, you know, get that announcement, get that call from him and um, just wait in the last couple of weeks to get the formal announcement um, to kind of start being able to tell some people, you know, other than my family um, is it, a lot of fun today. Well, right, and of course, th- this is what we call in the in the broadcasting business news that was embargoed until it, uh, <laughs> it came out today because I know some of my colleagues had, had wind of this late last week. So who did you tell, and how careful were you to say you, you can't? <laughs> like, you got to make sure you don't spread this around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm usually pretty good with keeping, keeping secrets. So it wasn't too hard for me. I just told my, obviously my wife and my kids and uh, that was it. Um, I didn't even tell, um, you know, my parents um, or any close friends. So um, finally today I I get to share that news. I've been getting a lot of messages from, you know, former teammates and friends and all that. So it's been fun, uh, you know, responding to their, their messages and getting to take some phone calls from some different people. So, um, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's, um, you know, all the people that, that you played with along the way that helped you out, that gave you an opportunity that believed in you and, um, people that you got to share those great, great memories, great moments, uh, you know, that you, that you had throughout your career, um, you know, just makes it, you know, special to, to be able to, you know, go through that journey with them. And, um, like I said, have those great memories with them. Yeah, well, uh, good for you. I, I, I know everybody uh, here in, in Edmonton, well, I mean, I think Double E fans, uh, wherever they are, are, are thrilled for you. And, uh, I mean, it, it, does this, is, is it, what's it like to think yourself that way, that you're going to be in the Hall of Fame <laughs> with all these other great players and all these other great players who played for Edmonton? Like, is it kind of surreal to think about yourself as a, as a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I never really had a, a goal of like, hey, I want to I want to make the Hall of Fame. I mean, that was never something I really thought about or, you know, envisioned. I mean, obviously, I, I wanted to be good enough to, to make it to the Hall of Fame. And, you know, you're watching guys get inducted to the Hall of Fame. You thought how cool that would be. But, um, you know, while you're playing, you're just trying to be the best that you can be and, you know, help your team win. So, um, to be able to to say I'm a Hall of Famer and and be inducted and be up there with some of the great names in football, um, yeah, I mean off the bat it's just uh, kind of a cool cool feeling. But I think once I get up there in September and and go through the ceremony and be around some of the other guys and you know officially get it all done, I mean I'll, I'll have a better perspective on on what all that means. But um, definitely this is a a huge part of kind of the icing on, on a career. And um, I just look back and, and just look at all the great memories and all the great people, like I said, that, 
um, you know, we went through those times of, of the good and bad and, um, you know, we were just trying to be the best we could at the time and then help our team win and, and to sit back now and say, you know, that whole career throughout that time, um, you know, was, was Hall of Fame worthy. It, it's pretty cool. Ricky Ray joining us tonight on Inside Sports as he's part of the 2022 class for the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. I don't know if, if you when you're on hold or when you called in, if you got to hear that clip from James Wilder Jr., but he said when he played, his goal was to be the first guy there for prep and film study and, and all that kind of stuff in the morning. And he said he quickly realized he was never going to get there before you. Uh, <laughs> that that <laughs> level of preparation and commitment, did, did you always uh, did you always have that, or was that something you, you had to learn and, and step up your game once you got into the CFL? Yeah, I mean, you definitely learn things, um, you know, every year. And, uh, you know, my dad did a good job of, of showing that to me when I was just a young kid. Um, you know, I remember countless times where, you know, he was our Little League uh, coach, but, you know, we would have our scheduled practices. But he would make me, you know, pitch in the backyard when he got home from work. You know, we'd just go out there and, you know, I'd throw the bullpen with him for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And he just kind of instilled that idea uh, in me that you got to put in a little bit of extra work above and beyond, you know, what you do as a team. Um, and then he, he, he taught me about, he'd always say, it's not uh, practice that makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. And what he meant was that, you know, when you're out there practicing, you put yourself in, in the game, you know, you try and perform at a high level in practice so you can carry that over into into games and so i kind of took that with me throughout my career and then obviously watching guys um you know that were ahead of me and trying to learn from them and see what their routine is and and how they prepared and and i was able to kind of settle into to what i thought worked best for me and um yeah like james said i mean it was it was getting there early and, and putting the time in and doing what you what i thought um, would help me feel the most confident going into each game. And, um, you know, that's what I tried to do. It's, I mean, your career, great career. You won four great cups, two here, two in Toronto. And your career, when people talk about it, they often talk about the, the two halves of the career. And I was on CFL.ca today. And there's not one article on Ricky Ray's career. There's one on the Edmonton years, and there's one on the Toronto years. <laughs> like, is it, but to you, like, do you look at it that way? Is that a fair way to to break it up, or are you just kind of like, well, if other people want to talk about it that way, that's fine. But for me, it was kind of all all one thing. I kind of look at it as two careers. Um, you know, my time in Edmonton uh, was a lot different than my time in Toronto, and. Um, you know, I was able to be a part of two championship teams in each each organization. That was kind of the most similar thing. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely look at it as, as being in two different places. Um, when I got traded to Toronto back in um, before the 2012 season, I felt like it was – or I was treating it as kind of like a new start to my career, like going to a new place and trying to reprove myself again and – and earn the trust and belief in, in that organization. And, um, you know, that's uh, kind of how it worked out for me. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously it's it's a whole um, 16 years uh, worth of work, but uh, definitely divided up into 
to two different organizations. And I, I, I think I was two different players too, to be honest. Um, you know, I had had a lot of injuries in Toronto and my game, um, you know, changed quite a bit throughout those years, just with some limited um, ability in my arm and, and with some different injuries. So I had to learn to play the game a little bit differently, um, you know, while I was in Toronto. So um, a lot of things made it kind of split up into two different careers. Ricky, you and I have been lucky enough to talk several times over the years and, and look back on some of the, the moments in your career. And I, I've asked you a lot about big plays you were involved in. I don't think I've ever asked you about a big play that you were on the sidelines for, and it helped you win the Grey Cup in Toronto. And that was Cassius Vaughn with the 109-yard fumble return for a touchdown in the 2017 uh, Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. Were, were you actively watching that play? Were you watching, you know, the iPad or whatever to prepare for the next drive? What's your memory of that fumble return? Yeah, um, you know, I was sitting on the bench, and uh, I just remember thinking that whole drive, like just looking at the clock, watching Calgary moving the ball down, and just thinking, man, it, if they score here, it, it's going to be really hard to, to win this football game, uh, you know, against these guys. And, um, and then just kind of watching the big screen and, and seeing that play unfold. And um, I don't know if I've ever got a, a excessive celebration penalty in my whole career of playing, <laughs> playing football, but I was one of those guys that was halfway on the field, jumping up and down while the play was still going. And the referees actually did throw a flag on our sideline for, you know, half of our bench coming on the field while Matt Black is still returning the interception. I mean, I was so excited and knew that, um, you know, that was going to change, um, you know, the the game there. I'm talking about the interception at the end of the game. But, um, yeah, the fumble recovery um, just giving us another chance to go down there. I think we converted a two-point conversion uh, to tie the game there, and then our defense got another great stop, and we were able to go down and kick the three points for the lead, and then the Matt Black interception, the one where I was jumping out on the field, um, is what's coming back to my mind. But uh, just what a last few minutes of those games. Um, anything can happen in the CFL. I've been a part of the winning side and the losing side, and for us to, to have that happen in the Grey Cup and then win it, um, I just, I mean, I, I just feel so lucky and um that that happened to us in that that moment that big time moment yeah okay i i gotta i gotta wrap up here because when you and i spoke i think it was probably a little less than a year ago might have been in the last fall and we got into your trail running career and some of your distance running how is that going <laughs> it's going good uh, yeah it's still my my favorite activity uh these days um you know, I, I like to, to try and stay in shape, and, and running is uh, my number one activity, so I'm still doing the running. Um, haven't done any, any races um, since the last time we talked, uh, but I'm still running anywhere from 20 to, you know, 35 miles a week and getting out on the trails. And um, I've been able to, now that summer's hit and the kids are out of school, I've been getting getting my young girls out there on the trails with me and, getting them out hiking and running a little bit. So trying to turn it into a a little family event and getting them excited about being outside and and being active. So it's been a lot of fun. 
All right, and I'll, I'll sneak in one more. What have you been watching lately? I mean, obviously the, the, the Warriors won the NBA. The U.S. Open was on the weekend. I, I'm sure whether you got the games or not, you might have noticed the Oilers went a little deeper in the playoffs than they uh, had uh, in, in a while. What have you been uh, watching for sports lately? Yeah, I watched the, the final round of the U.S. Open. Um, that was pretty exciting watching, uh, I think it was Fitzpatrick, you know, coming down the stretch. And um, that, that shot he hit out of the bunker there, um, at 18 to get it up there on the green. And then uh, I think it was, was a Zalatoros or something missing that putt to yeah. send it in yeah. into the playoffs. I mean, the last two majors have been pretty exciting. So uh, most of the stuff I watch is golf. Um, and uh, I, I watch a lot of football too. So I've been, was able to catch the, the Elks Riders game uh, the other night. And uh, that was the first game I got to watch in full um, this season as we get a little bit of limited televised games down here so now that the CFL is up and going I'll be watching a lot more of that when when those games are aired well Ricky thanks for making time for us uh, I know you've probably thought, done a lot of interviews today and it wouldn't surprise me if you have uh, more scheduled for this mm-hmm. week but the, the fans here love to hear from you congratulations on uh, being named to the 2022 class for the Canadian Football Hall of Fame I, I can't wait to see the ceremony when you get inducted thanks for coming on the show and all the best Yeah, I really appreciate that. And thank you to to all the fans there for all the support throughout the years and um, just so many great memories of of my time in Edmonton. So just thank everybody uh, who was a part of that. That is Ricky Ray checking in on Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.